On this episode of the Resetter Podcast, I bring you Ben Azadi. I know many of you love Ben as much as I love Ben. We have a real synergistic point of view when it comes to health and how to how to approach fixing the cells so you will get well. Uh, ben and I have been, I've been on his podcast, he's been on mine, um, and it, we love collaborating on your questions. So in this episode, Ben and I did an Ask Me Anything, and uh, you all sent in questions. The questions are great, and they're really nuanced. So a lot of you who have been fasting for a while or doing keto for a while, you're going to find a lot of those questions that you have been dying to to understand are going to be answered here on this episode. And also know if you love to ask me anything, please go leave a review on either my podcast or on his or on both and let us know what you loved and ask another question. What other questions do you have? And we will do another Ask Me Anything. This one would be a lot like you sitting at a dinner table with Ben and I picking our brains on keto, fasting, hormones, and cellular healing. It was so good. And just to kind of fill you into what you're going to hear in the beginning, we spoke together at KetoCon, largest ketogenic conference in America. We spoke on cellular healing. We had an amazing time doing it and got so much great feedback. So if you weren't at KetoCon, then we're going to summarize what we discussed. So it's like stepping in to a seminar you didn't attend. You're going to get the Cliff Notes version, plus we're going to answer your questions. So Ben Azadi, hope you all love this as much as we love doing it for you. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter podcast. Please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. And I want you believing in your body. I want you believing in your mind. I want you believing in your spirit. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. When you're in the middle of a fast, do you ever hit a wall and then you really start to struggle? Like, I know this happens to me sometimes. Like, I'm going along, I'm feeling really good, and then bam, all of a sudden I'm out of energy, I'm starving, and it's like my brain is turned off. So check this out. If that's happened to you, there's a really good chance you're running low on minerals. Fasting makes your mitochondria produce more energy. It speeds up fat burning. It helps you make more ketones so your brain is really sharp. But the part of fasting that we don't talk enough about is that those benefits often come at an expense to your body. So you got to look at your body doing the right thing at the right time always. And when you hit that crash, it's a large chance that your body has had to use a ton of minerals to be able to supercharge you in the fasted state. And if your minerals are already low, you can end up depleted. So that is why I love Beam Minerals. They make a full spectrum mineral supplement that is perfect for fasting. It's in a liquid form. It, it literally tastes like water. You just have to take a shot halfway through your fast and you can keep going a whole lot longer without the hunger and the fatigue. 
So if you want to experience this, if you want to try it in your fasting window and see what kind of results you get, just go on over to beamminerals.com and enter the code MINDY for 20% off. And as always, let me know how it works for you. I'm really excited to bring this information to you all because you deserve to thrive in your fasted state. Mindy, we're back at it for another podcast. Here we go. Third time? <laughs> Third time doing this format, Ask Us Anything, mm. but we've done many more interview style podcasts. Yeah. And uh, today's a cool day because we just spoke at KetoCon together. Agreed. We shared the stage yeah. and I got some great feedback. From I it. did, did too. You, uh, I did too. It's really funny because um, everybody said, oh, you, I can't believe you guys have never done that before. Same. So many people said the same thing. Like, they thought we've done that for a hundred times together. I know, right? I know. First time we actually shared the stage at the same time, although right. we've shared the stage together. Yeah. This was special. We it went over really it. Cool. We kept to our time. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. The fact that we kept to our time was the one that I was like, wow, how did we do that? So, <laughs> we did. Yeah, but it was it's really cool. I think it's it's a perfect example of when you get around people who think very similar. Yeah. It's like you're speaking the same language. And so it just flows out of you effortlessly. Exactly. Which, We're aligned with that yeah. together. It's the message the message was overall like we have the power. You know, the body is so amazing. Yeah. It's built to heal itself. It's not anything external. And you did yeah. a great job explaining that and showing what how fasting plays into that role. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like we should maybe summarize for the people who didn't, who weren't at KetoCon, yeah, like what we talked about, because um, I think what the, again, a lot of it is conversations you and I have had. Um, and I think the best place to start this, ask me anything, is really around this idea of how, how deeply do you believe in your own healing? Because you and I are like out there on content, always like, okay, here's what your blood sugar number should be. Here's what your ketones this is what you want to do, like all the hacks. But at the end of the day, none of those hacks will work if you don't actually believe your body can heal itself. So you said something interesting in the story you shared at the end that I thought was really, really profound that we're not discussing enough. It was a study done where the doctor believed mm -hmm. The, what I heard was the languaging the doctor used was empowering and then the patient believed. And the combination of those three things got the best result. Yeah. Can, can you share that again? Because yeah. I think that's something, it's like a synergistic team coming together for a person's healing has to have the mindset in order and, and in place in order for the true belief to happen inside the body. It's so true. So that's where the placebo effect, uh, the where it originated. World War II, uh, mm. the American soldiers were getting bombed and they were really beat up. I mean, bullet wounds, arms and limbs blown off and they were entering the medical tent. And there was a doctor, Dr. Henry Beecher, working that specific medical tent. And they were giving these soldiers morphine, which makes sense because it would help calm them down yep. and stabilize them so they didn't go into shock and die. So it stabilized them enough for them to transfer them to a hospital and save these, these soldiers' lives. But they ran out of morphine at this yep. specific tent. So one of the nurses saw that, she didn't really know what to do. She ended up grabbing the syringe and putting saline solution, salt water. And she told Dr. Beecher, I'm giving you more morphine, mm. you know, give this to the soldier. So he had the belief that he was getting morphine from the nurse and he transferred that belief to the soldier saying, I'm giving you morphine. You're gonna feel better in a matter of seconds. And it was just saline solution. And they all survived, you know, wow. they didn't go into shock. They stabilized them even though it was not even morphine. Yeah, and that's crazy. where Harvard wanted to study what happened and that's where the placebo effect yeah. originated. So that that's what my takeaway when I heard that was, it is so important 
that the healthcare people, your healthcare team has a hundred percent faith that you can heal. So for years, I've been saying we need to put a, a tribe of people together. Yeah. Like you need to look at like, I did this when my kids were little. I had a very conservative doctor down to like the energy crystal, like woo woo <laughs> person. And there was about five people that were on that team of that I would ask if my kids had a problem, I'd be like, what do you think I should do? And then I would take everybody's opinion into account and then I would make a decision for myself. But what I think is so interesting about that study is that what happens if your doctor gives you a diagnosis that you aren't in alignment with? Yeah. Like, so now you're gonna have to come up against healing yourself going against your doctor's own you know, beliefs. Yeah. It's really important if you choose to do that, you gotta totally cut out whatever that doctor said, because you don't want that in your mind because that will affect your healing. A hundred percent. And that's happening all the time. Yeah. You know, you need this drug because your body is too weak to produce this hormone. Right. Or you have cancer, so you have six months to live. Like this is the opposite. It's the same effect of how the placebo works, but it's the opposite in a nocebo effect. Yeah. So it's a negative version of that placebo effect. And yeah. it, it's just as powerful as the placebo effect. And Doctors do it all the time without realizing what they're doing. They're pretty much playing that role of the, the giving, transferring their negative beliefs to their patients. Yep. And we know the body is built to heal itself. We yep. know people who've had stage four terminal cancer go on to live many, many years from that point of diagnosis. And yep. that, tricks, that takes a strong grit and a strong belief in the human body. Yeah. And it tells me that I always want to make sure whoever's putting any information into my brain about my health I want to make sure that they are in 100% alignment with what they're saying. And even in the in the health influencing world and the way we, you know, what what we see in our space a lot is definitely people who either have a mixed message or they have an, an some type of ulterior motive yeah. of why they're expressing the information um, and all of that comes into play in our own healing. So I just love that because I felt like god, that's really really cool to think about who is overseeing your healthcare and what is their mindset, not just what is your mindset. What is the people around you who are giving you information? What is their mindset? Because mm. that's going to get instilled into you. It's so true. It's cra yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's so true. You want to yeah. protect that environment. So I love that you do that with your family and their yeah. doctors from like the most traditional to the most out there. You get all the data and then you kind of synthesize, you know, what makes sense and you apply it. And I think that's what yeah. we should do with our health and all the information out there. And I love what you said today. And then we'll get into the first question. Yeah. But I love what you shared today at the end of the talk where you talked about, OK, there's a lot of things we share with you. There's a lot of things other speakers are sharing with you. Take three things from this lecture and yeah. apply it like right away. Yeah. And I love that you said that because it's true. Information alone does not change anybody's life. We yeah. are drowning in information and starving for actual wisdom and truth. But it's the application of the right information over a period of time that's going to change their lives. So I love that you said that at yeah. the end of the talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, even after a podcast like this or when you've been like at a conference, there's so much information. You feel so empowered and then you get home Monday and like everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've, I just learned to just pull a few things and focus on those, master those. And then you can go back to your notes, you know, 90 days later and then master something else. Yeah. But we have to chunk health down. Otherwise, it just is too big of a task to take on. Yeah, I love that because so. you're just going to be like, OK, where do I start? You have right. like 73 things to do, but where do you start? That's right. So you master a couple of things and then you have it stacked. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. All right. You ready for the question? I'm ready. OK, ready. I'll, 
I'll throw one out you here. This okay. is actually relevant to what we're talking about. So okay. it's a question about can being in a chronically stressed condition or state cause cancer inside of the body? Ooh. I'll let you start there. Oh, uh, so the answer to that is an absolute yes, but it's not just cancer. It is chronic disease. So I can tell you that I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm coming full circle with my, my understanding about the priorities that the body needs in order to heal. And I, I say full circle because I would say about 10 or 15 years ago, I felt like stress was like really at the high, like everybody's gotta handle their stress if they want their body to heal. But then in the biohacking world, we have all these cool things like mm -hmm. fast, you can get ketones, you can hop in a hyperbaric oxygen, you can do red light, like all these hacks that work so well that they, almost bypass like the, the stressful effects of a high-pressured life. But I say I've come full circle because I feel like now, no, you can't get yourself completely well if you're not managing stress. That has to be a part of everybody's healing plan. And if you're not careful about your stress levels, you can build disease worse than if you're eating the bad oils. Yeah. The poof, the, the poofas. The poofas. The poofas like <laughs> no poof. I'm like thinking about it. But yeah, I yeah. think stress has to be managed and everybody's tool set needs to be a little different. Yeah. What do you what are your thoughts? I on agree that? with you 100% because if you think about it, we we I talked about it today, 60,000 thoughts per day and if yeah. every single one of those thoughts are stressful thoughts, fearful thoughts, hateful thoughts, that's worse than the seed oils because you're taking a hit every time you have a thought. Yeah. Right? And when we think about stress it's really our ability to adapt to the stress so you teach fasting and we know fasting is a stress but yeah. a powerful stress that could get your body stronger so i don't know if it's really about eliminating stress as as it is as adapting to the stress or looking at it differently yeah when we get when we could see things as on the way versus in the way and mm -hmm. we become grateful for the most challenging moments in our life that's when we start to become victorious but yeah. I do believe stress can, can call, can, cause cancer, cause yeah. all these conditions. And I remember when I interviewed Dr. Aaron Lee Keneally, mm -hmm. um, I said, I know cancer is multifactorial. We, we could all agree to that. There's so many different things, heavy metals, seed oils, sugar spikes. Yep. But if there was one thing that you would say is the leading cause that would you know fill that stress bucket and trigger bad cancer genes out of all the things out there, what would that one thing be? And she said, trapped emotions. Ooh. And that's exactly what's happening with stress. Wow. And wow. trapped emotions, fasting, talk about what we can do with that. Yeah, yeah. So, and the thing, I just want to say one thing on Erin Keneally. Uh, when I interviewed her, she said the fastest growing uh, age group for uh, cancer right now is the younger generation. Mm. And she feels like it's largely because of the emotional traumas that they're going through and not to mention the physical and the chemical. So interesting. Yeah. That she she would know. She got this huge she you know, integrative. And in the last three years, yeah. think about what happened. Yeah. So here's something I've, I've learned with fasting, not only in myself, but watching like our academy members and just, you know, everybody on socials is that the more you fast, the more you're getting rid of these senescent cells. So the senescent cells are aging cells or zombie cells or disease forming cells. But if you look at actually at the root of what these senescent cells are, they've got trapped emotions in them. And if you look at uh, Bruce Lipton's work, um, we know that the outer membrane is where those thought patterns live. So I've been thinking a lot lately about, can you use fasting to get rid of these senescent cells that not only help you slow the aging process down, 
but actually help you long-term change your thought patterns? And I've come to the conclusion that I strongly feel like the answer is yes. Now, here's the caveat. I don't think you can just take a person with a negative mindset and put them through a bunch of fasts and all of a sudden they turn into a positive mindset person. I don't believe that that can ha happen. But if you take a person that's really working on their mindset, they're really trying to change their thought patterns, and you teach that person how to have a fasting, build a fasting lifestyle, which with each fast, especially the longer fast they go in, when you get the dumping of those zombie cells, you're getting the dumping of the old thought patterns, and now you're thinking the new thought patterns, and over time, the brain changes much quicker. Mm. So I actually think it's a tool that fits into a whole mindset program. We can't just throw a fast at it and think that our, our, posit our brain's gonna become positive. I agree. No, I love that. It's so fascinating and yeah. so wonderful. And I, I agree with you. You know, It and makes sense to me. We don't talk about it enough with fasting. I don't even think we talk about the spiritual part of fasting mm -hmm. enough. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's in every religion out there. Absolutely. It's the only thing they agree about. Right, it's the it's only like thing, right? Fasting. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me the other day, they, um, they said, are you getting many arrows at you from all the, the preaching of fasting that I've been doing? And I thought, no, I, I'm not. And I realized that I think that it's twofold. One, it's fasting is one of those things that it has so much science right now, it's like, it's hard to refute it. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is everybody who's successfully built a fasting lifestyle feels the difference. So there's nothing to, to, to push up against. It's like sleep. No, but you don't see people walking around going, ah, oh, these sleep experts <laughs> don't know what they're talking about. You don't need to sleep. That's not what they're saying. They're just saying, hey, we all need to sleep. We're still trying to understand how much and how much yep. deep and how much REM. So it's, it's a really interesting when you start to think about it. I just, the more I study it, the more I'm like, why, aren't, why isn't everybody fasting? Everybody yeah. needs to be fasting. 100%. Well, you're on a mission to make yeah. that happen. Trying to make that you're happen. You're making it happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to do the next question or me? Or? Uh, you do it because I don't have the oh, list you know, in front of me. So you're going to have to be the well, question I have, at, I have this screenshot from um, my Instagram, but I think okay, we have a list too. So okay. But you can answer this one. You answer it first. All right. So the question is, how do I control appetite and cravings during fasting? Uh, uh, not just the hunger, but a really strong desire to eat food. So this person's experiencing a lot of cravings mm -hmm. uh, during fasting. I'll start and yeah, then I'll, yeah. I'll leave it to you. I'm curious to see what you say. Yeah, they're just not fat adapted yet, it sounds mm. like, right? Because we know yeah. that when we when they go into a fasted state uh, and glucose drops in their brain, the brain could panic because the ketones are not there. And right. then it'll send signals to the body to go get some carbs and let's fulfill that desire to get glucose back in the brain. Right. So they might be doing a little bit too much fasting too soon. Uh, they might want to scale back that fasting muscle, maybe add a little bit to more healthy fats, do some variation of low carb. It doesn't have to be keto, but get the body familiar, familiar with burning fatty acids. And then when you go into that fasted state again, maybe those ketones can now get produced by the liver mm. and then it'll tell the brain like, you're okay. Like yeah. these are ketones, we're here for a reason. The liver's got you, you got body fat. Yeah. Uh, so I think that could be one thing and then maybe an electrolyte loss could be happening as well and that mm. could be a signal, go get food because you are low in electrolytes. Mm. Those would be the two things that I would identify. What would you add uh, Do you use fasting? I like to use fasting like as you can pulse into a ketogenic state and then pulse out and then pulse in and pulse out. And if you, if you do that, each time you go into this ketogenic state, it's healing something. So if you get into there and all of a sudden your cravings go up, 
my my thought pattern is okay hang there as long as you can hang there and then dip back into food and then go back again and each time you go back it gets easier and mm -hmm. easier much like the gym you know the first time you go to the gym and you haven't been in a while it feels horrible but the each time you keep going back and pursuing that it gets easier and easier I feel like that's the same thing with cravings. Yeah, I love that approach too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, a, it's like a muscle, like you yeah, said. Yeah, just a muscle. So yeah. is keto, right? So is getting fat adapted. It's a muscle. Fasting yeah. is a muscle. Yeah. And uh, I, I love what you said in the past. There's no such thing as a failed fast, yeah. right? It's like people think, I have only fasted 14 hours and I'm such a failure. And truth of the matter is nobody's a failure, first right. of all. There's no human that is a failure. But there's a victory in that. Maybe you could share a little bit more about how every fast has its benefits. Yeah. Yeah, because because you're putting your it's it's just like every sleep has its benefits. You're it, you're it, you're putting yourself in a healing state. You can't fail when you put yourself in a healing state. So let's say the healing state you wanted to put yourself in was a 72 hour fast, and you only went 24 hours. Okay, you still put yourself in a positive state. Yeah. So don't get mad at yourself. Just go. Okay, next time I'd like to see if I can do that a little different. And I think that's really why, why the art of fasting is really important to understand. You're not supposed to fast like you're like everybody else. You're supposed to find your rhythm with it. Um, the other thing I want to say on the craving thing that I think is really interesting is that when it, it I would want to know what type of craving this person's having. So if they're having a sugar craving when they go into the fasted state, that would tell me adrenals. Mm. because the adrenals are saying, hey, we need glucose, We're, or, or even the thyroid might be saying, hey, we need more food, we need more carbs. Um, and so it would be a mirror to understand what you need to support. Um, if that was the case, so let's say it was the adrenals, um, uh, you would then want to make sure you're adding more good fat in, more protein, so you're stabilizing your blood sugar when you're in your eating window, when you're in that sugar burner state. Um, if, if it, you have a thyroid problem, you might need to eat more calories. Be, definitely, that's the one place I find calories come into play is in the eating window. You got to get at least 1,200 to 1,500 calories in an eating window to support healthy thyroid function. Got to feast. So you got to feast. And then the third one is, is if it's a sugar craving, then that's candida and the body's trying to kill off candida. Mm. So you need to get yourself into more 24-hour fast where you can repair the microbiome. You also are going to want to look at what are you eating when you're eating? Are you eating too many carbs, too much yeah. alcohol, too much sugar? So I think the type of craving can tell you which angle you're going to go. It's a great point. So. Yeah, you covered all the bases there. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Hey, Recenters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy. And I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. 
So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash reset academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled. And let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. Next question. <laughs> Interesting one. Okay, the twofold here. Yep. I'm going to add to the question, but is it dangerous to be taking vitamins and supplements over the years? They're concerned specifically about those plastic casings, but I will add to that question and say, is it bad to take the same supplements over and over and yeah. over at the same time? Right, right. So I'll let yeah. you start there. Well, l- l- let me, I'm going to flip it and ask <laughs> you a question on this. Okay. Uh, do you, how many supplements do you have at home? Do you have like a room of supplements? Do you have a counter yeah. of supplements? It looks like the vitamin shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. And so this is why I ask. Like if you came into my house, you would see that I have one corner of my kitchen just packed with supplements. And then I've got cupboards uh, in other areas of supplements. So the question would be like, well, why do I have that? Why do you look like a vitamin (laughs) shop? And that's because I'm always pulsing supplements. Yeah. So I always ask myself, am I eating well-rounded? Am I eating diverse? So, and am I eating clean? And if I am, I, I don't do as many supplements. But I actually end up leaning into supplements a lot more when life got really busy, I'm traveling a lot. And in that moment, then I have to ask myself like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish with this supplement? So I'll give you an example of, uh, um, this is, we've been a week that we've been traveling. So we'll be home, we're on a 10 day trip right now. So I have bags of different supplements. Well, I strategically picked the supplements for this trip and they were, Built around energy was a, was a big one. I'm trying to master sleep right now, so a little more of my sleep. Um, and then I, a, a couple of detoxifiers because and binders because I knew that I would be out in the world traveling. Um, and then uh, I've been I have an organ I've been working on. I always have like one area, and I've been working on my liver. So I, I brought some liver supplements to just keep that keep myself going. So it was very very targeted. Now I'm going to go home. And I'm not going to need all of those. Yeah, it's going to change. It's going to change. Yeah. So I think this idea that you take a supplement and you just take it over and over again, at some point, a you're it's you're 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 not going to make it. You're you're losing your money because it's not effective. Mm-hmm. And b we lose sight of the fact that our body heals. It's not the supplement that heals. You're, Correct. You're just fueling the body so the body can heal. It's not the supplement doing the heal. Yeah, well said. Yeah. I love the answer. And uh, it loses its effectiveness over time, too. Yeah. It's like the body begins to adapt to it. Yep. So maybe in the beginning it felt good. And then after three months, it's like you're not getting any effectiveness anymore. 
I do the same thing with you. When I'm traveling, I'll take my little kit. And <laughs> so it's immune health, it's sleep. Um, something that I do take steadily is magnesium. Oh yeah. But I'll rotate, you know, from three and eight to glycinate to malate. So I'll rotate the type of magnesium, but that's something I'm on all the time. Right. Other than that, everything else I take a break from. And I use Sunday yeah. usually as a day oh. that I take a break from all supplements. I just give myself a little bit of a, a reset yeah. <laughs> uh, on Sundays just to I kind of that. like I, my liver doesn't have to pre process anything. But yeah, if you go to my kitchen, you, my pantry, <laughs> same thing, like the vitamin shop. Right. I have friends that come over and they're like, you use all this? I'm like, yeah, some of it. I'll rotate you know, here. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just like make, you know, go rant with random things. But I do have a game plan like you, right? Sometimes I'm focusing on adrenals. Sometimes it's sleep. Um, when I'm very active, I'll take more creatine and I'll focus more on protein. And I'm yep. not very active. I won't take that. Yeah. So supplements should be rotated. You know, yeah. the four, I'm going to ask you this question. The four supplements that when I ask people, what are you taking? It's usually vitamin D. Yep. But like a synthetic without the other fat soluble vitamins. Yep. Fish oil. Yep. Uh, a probiotic and a synthetic multivitamin. Does that line up with you? Oh, that, is that what I'm taking? No, 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 oh, no. Not what you're taking. I'm like, no, when, I don't take a multivitamin. No, no, when, I, yeah. when I ask people what supplements are you taking, yeah. like my students, it's usually those top yeah, four right yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And I would say of all of those, I'm happy they're doing vitamin D. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, that's because you can't you either get it from the sun or you get it from fish and or you got a supplement. So... Um, so yes, those are the most common. Although I think I've beat the probiotic into the ground that very few people take probiotics. Oh, now. did you? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like the the greatest thing you can do for your gut is go into a longer fast and then break that fast with, with polyphenol, yeah. prebiotic, the three probiotic, the three in your book, Fast I Like a Girl. I, I read know. that. Oh, you read it. <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. So yeah. So I think it's, I again, I always, I really truly honor that supplements are supplements yeah. to my healthy diet. So when I'm out traveling, yeah, the diet's a little funky. It's not as easy. So I'm going to lean more into those supplements. Once I get home, I can have all, I got all my biohacking equipment at home. I got all my favorite foods. So I don't lean into them as much. So I think there needs to be flexibility with that. And yeah. why don't we don't have that enough? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. yeah. The other thing I used to do, I don't know if you ever do this is, and this is something fun for people to look at, is when I would coach people, I would put them through some very specific supplement protocols. And then we would hit this point where they were doing well, like their, their health was in an amazing place. So instead of going and, and having them buy more supplements, I would say, take a picture of all your supplements and let me come up with a protocol. Mm. And then we would just take, like, let's say they had 12 supplements at home. I'd say, okay, these three you're going to do this month. And then the next month I'd be like, okay, just so you keep using those supplements. I love well. it. Yeah, yeah it it's the fun. art of supplementation. Yeah, right. It like, was like a big ebb and flow to it. I love it. We believe in like food rotation. Yeah. We believe in supplement rotation. Yeah. Fast feast rotations, right? That's right. It's like, that's the cycle Supplements, of like, no supplements, hot, cold. If you think about it, everything, yeah. it's actually, it's a version of metabolic switching. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's like, I'm in on the supplements. No, I'm now I'm out. Yep. And then I go back in and then I go back out. And, and the problem, if you're listening to this, is that you, you may feel like you don't know where to go to, but the upside of this is that you get to have fun and experiment with all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Strongly feel when you take a supplement, you should feel a change. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, it's not working for you, even if the change is adverse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, good call. Well, I mean, if somebody has... Somebody's starting a new supplement and they don't feel anything, um, that's a, a red flag. You, can, yeah. you should feel either a benefit or a drawback to your point. Yeah. And if somebody has a lot of cellular inflammation, 
it doesn't matter how many supplements they take, right? Mindy's right. like, if those yeah. supplements are not getting into the cell, right. they're not going to get well. So that goes back to like the foundations, right? If you're not fixing your cells, these supplements have no role. They have no place unless you're looking at the fundamentals. Right. They're there to supplement the fundamentals, to your yeah. point. Because yeah. if you have too much inflammation, it doesn't matter if you're spending 700 bucks on supplements. Like I did when I was... Um, five, six years ago, Mindy, I had eight silver fillings in a moldy home, spending 500 bucks a month on supplements. I didn't feel a damn thing wow. because I had too much inflammation. And it wasn't until I dropped that, yeah. then I started to benefit from those supplements. So are there certain supplements that you're like, I definitely need to take these on a regular basis? Are there any that you that you do consistently? Magnesium, like I mentioned. Yeah. So some form of magnesium. Um, when I have my, what I call keto flex days, higher carb days. Yeah. I like taking something that helps with the postprandial glucose. So like apple cider vinegar okay. complex. Do you do or, it afterwards? Uh, I'll do it before. Before. Yeah, I'll do the apple cider vinegar before. Like a yeah. dihydroberberin if I'm going to do a very high carb. Okay. Uh, not all the time though. Sometimes I'll just eat the carbs without that. Yeah. Um, ion, gut health is a big, yep, it's in too. there. And then yep. something that's going to support the membranes, whether it's like, you know, I don't want to mention too many products, but you know, the supplements out there that support membrane health, uh, yeah. plant-based omega or some sort of healthy fat. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah. So vi I'm trying, I'm working on bringing my vitamin D up. So I'm doing vitamin D every day. I do ion biome. Come to Miami. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like 72. I know. And Cal maybe that's the problem. California has had so much rain yeah, right now. Right. But yeah, maybe that's it. I need to walk around in my tank top and <laughs> yeah, just shorts come down to South Beach with me. <laughs> I'll, work, I'll work on that next year. Um, but then ion biome for sure. Um, and then I would say the other one that I'm really working, playing with are both minerals and aminos. Yeah. And the reason that I'm playing with those two is that they're precursors to not only make hormones, but they're precursors to make neurotransmitters. And you've heard me talk a little bit about this. My my new passion of, of research is understanding that as women lose our sex hormones, those are precursors for dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and glutamate, and, and even acetylcholine, which is important for cognition. So if I've already lost, as a 53-year-old woman, I've already lost these precursors, these hormones are going down and I want to keep my moods up. So I need to be able to keep these neurotransmitters at their best. Then I better make sure I keep my aminos and my minerals up. Yes. Oh. And so I've really dove into those two as, as nutrients for me right now. I've got, I mean, if you came into my kitchen right now, <laughs> most of the supplements I'm working with are high in aminos or they're high in minerals. I love it. And just playing with that because I don't want to lose my neurotransmitters as yeah. well. Plus, I mean, the aminos are so important for building lean muscle. And most, right. most people, not just women, but I've seen people in my group, they don't get enough protein. Uh, yes. They're in a chronic protein de deficiency. Yeah. So just covering the bases with those aminos is a good idea. Do you do you get a, a pound, a gram of protein for every pound of body weight in you every day? No, I don't. Um, is that like, are you saying that like facetiously? No, uh, that's, that's supposed to, that's like the, the formula for protein is actually a pound to a pound and a half, no, a gram to a gram and a half of protein for every pound of body weight that you want to be. Yeah, right. So that's what I tell my students. So one gram of pro protein per pound of your ideal body weight. So yeah. I'm at my ideal body weight, which is 80, 180 pounds. So I don't get that every day, but I'm okay with that because it's okay to be in a protein deficiency and get more, okay. you know, this to yeah, get right, more right, autophagy, right? right? So, but right. I tell my students, most days you want to aim to get that. But if you're not, if you're having trouble because you feel like it's just too much protein, some people don't have enough stomach acid that sits in their gut. Right. Make sure you're taking some essential aminos to fill in those gaps until you get there. But what do you, what do you? Yeah, think? I mean, it's a dilemma because yeah. I will tell you again, as a 53 year old woman, I'm really working on muscle and increasing muscle. 
um, you know, as you move through menopause and that switch of, of production of sex hormones goes to the adrenal glands, if the adrenal glands are overworking, which mine were in my 40s, I'm again, back to the mindfulness comment, yeah. um, then all of a sudden the adrenals will start to break muscle down to get the nutrients they need to get those amino acids. So it, a big thing I noticed throughout most of my 40s is how hard it was to build muscle and how hard it and how much I lost muscle. And yet I was doing keto, I was fasting, I was I, I was paleo for a long time. I was doing all the right things. So what I've been doing now is really going in with protein cycling. So not every day, but I try to do 30 grams of protein and then a couple hours later I'll do another 30 grams, another 30 grams. I'll do that maybe 3 to 4 days a week and then I'm doing a ton of aminos trying to keep that muscle up. And, and it's working. I feel like I'm back at 53 gaining muscle again, but it took that a little bit of effort and I'm really protein forward right now. Yeah. A lot of protein forward. Animal, animal-based protein, Animal-based right? protein, Yeah, there's a difference yeah. between that and plant-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, me too. I'm, yeah. I'm really big on it too. And it is a dilemma because yeah, you, there's fasting, of course, there's times yeah. for autophagy, but at, at that certain situation and age, it's important to get those protein ratios. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. It's very intentional eating. Yes. Like if you ever tried, like I'm curious on your 180 gram, uh, gram day, are you like, are you working hard to get that yeah. in? Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like steaks, eggs, uh, protein shakes, uh, beef sticks, like whatever I can do to get that's there. Right. And if I fall short, then I'll take the aminos to fill in the gaps. There, that's exact. And so then the other piece of research that I saw was that somewhere between 30 grams of protein and 90 grams of protein is where you is the sweet spot for turning that protein into pure amino acids. Yeah. But then once we go over ninety, it actually you you risk it go, turning into glucose. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so if you're trying to stay lean and not gain weight, you you need the thirty grams to trigger the amino acid receptor site in muscles. But you don't want to go over ninety because you don't want it to turn to glucose and then it's gonna uh, impede your weight loss efforts. When you say over 90, is that in, in a single meal? In or? one meal. Okay, got it, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's hard to do for, for most people. Right. I mean, I could probably do it. But. I don't know, I'd be interested to find out what, Yeah, I don't know, a big steak. So again, this is where I find it hard for people. Yeah, like a 16 ounce, how much protein is yeah. that? I would venture to guess it's like, let's look it up right now. Because here's, here's my thought, if you're gonna go 180 grams of protein in a day, and your fasting window is only eight hours, and you want to combine that with protein cycling, there's going to be one of those meals you're going to butt up against the possibility that you over you went too much protein and now it's yeah. turned to glucose. So that's where it's come up in questions is is in that regard. Yeah. Well, I was trying to pull up my chronometer, but I'm not logged in. But oh. let me see. Maybe I can pull it up here. So this is where, as you're pulling this up, I'll tell you a couple of hacks that I've done is this is where I like dry, uh, jerkies and dried protein. Yes, yeah, great call. Like, th because it's, you, you're you taking a steak that has been condensed, it's easier to get in. So then if I, so for me, the weight I wanna be is 130. So if I have a shorter eating window and I need to get 130 grams of protein in, but I don't wanna take one meal and dip it over into this 90 grams, then, you know, some beef jerky or turkey jerky. Fills in the gaps. Fills in yeah. the gaps. Better than even a protein powder does. Yeah, because at least you're chewing on it. Yeah. The protein powders are already kind of masticated for you. That's right. That's right. Which is a big difference. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm putting in 16 ounces. 
of a ribeye, and that's going to give me. That's going to give me. That's my favorite steak, by the way. Me too. <laughs> 121 grams of protein. So, interesting. So 16, 16, 16 ounces. Which is a big steak. You yeah. Know, I could do it, though, but it's going over that 90-gram threshold. That's so right. So, some of it would be converted to glucose, to gluconeogenesis. So, that's something to consider there. And I'm sure that's different based off of different, like, human sizes. Meaning, I, like, That's it, the only thing I... It, so, I need to go back and find the original study and yeah. see if I can tell what the, what the... You know, was it men? Was it women? You yeah. know, a lot of times we don't know. What was the size of these individuals? Right. That's what I'd be curious yeah. about. Yeah. But uh, the study showed that protein cycling every anywhere between 30 to 90 grams of protein every two to three hours is the best way to stimulate mTOR. But once you go over 90 grams, you're now going to have extra glucose that's going to be turned into sugar. Yeah. So you got that's the sweet spot, but it needs to be dosed out every couple hours to get the best muscle building effect. Like the bodybuilders, right. they kind of do like that. The, right? Eat every two to three hours, but Very you know, long like term, not good, but short term, yeah, really that's effective, right. right? That's right. All right, last. What is the last thing you want to talk about? Well, let's talk about um, one of the things we talked about today, and this is something that's been really burning on my heart because I feel like I always want to make uh, the information you and I put out there easy to apply, and so I realized recently that a lot of times when we quote these studies. When we look at the biohacking world, we've overcomplicated that now. So just like we could turn around and say, oh, my God, the the conventional healthcare system is so complicated. But now we're complicating the natural healthcare system and the biohacking world. Yeah. And so I've, I've come to this belief that we have to come back to simplicity. Let me give an example. If you want to get into ketosis, your best way to get into ketosis is start fasting. Don't eat food. (laughs) Yeah, just start fasting. Like that way you don't have to count macros. You don't have to think of, you don't have to go get all the prepackaged keto food. I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just a little more complicated. So let's just start compressing your eating window and leaving a longer time for fasting and see if you can get into ketosis. And then with that, how about instead of counting macros, can we just say, I'm just going to switch to nature's carbs. And I feel like if we could come back to those simple explanations for what you and I teach, now we can really get the whole world to do it. But the minute you've got to have some special, you know, even MCT oil Mm -hmm. or some special, you know, supplement or some special keto product to get into ketosis, we've now made it as complicated as the healthcare system is when they say, here's here's an antibiotic that will help fight a bacteria. And it's still taking the power away from the body. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? It's a fair point. You know, I love the slide you showed today about an apple and then all the processed food. It's like, I just want a damn apple. I just want an apple. (laughs) And now the apple has a label on it. And I need to know what the code is on the the apple to be able to understand if it's good for me. Times have changed. It's crazy. I've been thinking about the keto thing for a while. Um, the question that Dr. Pompa actually asked me last month was the first time I ever was asked this question with keto. He said, do you think keto is hurting more people than helping them? Mm. And I had to stop and think about it. Maybe three years ago, I would have had a different answer. But I told him, actually, I think it is hurting more people than it is helping them mm. because of the confusion, because of people you know, getting bad information, staying in it too long or whatever it is, all the things that we teach not to do. Yep. But it's not that complicated. It's, it's a metabolic process. It's not about this supplement or that diet or this macro. Now that could help. And yep. if somebody wants to go down that route, we could teach them that way. But yep. to your point, to the masses, it's just like, it's it's not complicated. There's nothing new about keto. Right. It's, it's just nuanced and people are making mm. it more nuanced, but it's simply well a metabolic process, right? Yep. 
And hey, if you want to get into ketosis, go and do a 16-hour fast and you'll probably get there. Right. And you, know, you don't just, have to spend any money to do it. You don't it. have to spend money. Maybe yeah. just take some salt or electrolytes or whatever, but just salt, you right. know, salt water. Uh, so I agree with you. You know, we're yeah. making it complicated um, and it's yeah. it's not what we want to do. If somebody's no. going from a very complicated sick care system and they come into our world, we want to make it approachable. We want to make it easable, easy for them to do it. And uh, practical is the word I'm looking for. I so, like easable. Easable is the thing we're creating. <laughs> is that a so word? Because if it's not, you, it you should, yeah, you should create you gotta it. Make it easable easable. For <laughs> it's got to be easable. I love that. I easable love that. for yeah. the world. But, but it, we overcomplicate everything. And this is, yeah. you know, this is again, the thing about the biohacking space that I've been thinking a lot about is like, now we have to have red light because we're not getting seen sunrise and sunset. Mm -hmm. And now we have to get in cold plunges and saunas because we're, we walk into a room and we put the temperature at the, the comfort at the comfort level for ourselves. And now we have to have all these like strategies to be able to just fall asleep and we got to track it. So we can know if we're in deep sleep or we're in REM sleep. So we can know if our day should be good or not. That's right. And then, then we get up the next morning and we're like, okay, wearable, tell me what my day should be like. How should I exercise? And as much as I love all these things and they're so necessary in this modern world, I fear that that is now getting too complicated and now and too expensive. And now we are going to take the average person and we're going to make it so now the ketogenic lifestyle is become something they can't touch. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love what you and I did today is because I feel like we brought it back to simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was yeah. wonderful. Cool. It was it was beautiful, Mindy. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. And the mission that you have to educate people on fasting, this ancient mm -hmm. healing strategy. Again, nothing new about it. Yeah. Everybody's done it yeah. forever. Uh, and it's free. You save money. And the reality of it, some people can't afford, cannot afford a supp supplements. They cannot afford right. organic grass fed. But when right. they start practicing fasting, you save money. And right. you mentioned you save time. You're right. So you could apply some of that to buy healthier food yeah. and just do the best you can with your resources. So it's such a powerful tool. It's it's an incredible tool. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask you a question that I've been asked. Uh, I ask all my guests on my podcast, even though I know this will go back out or this will go out on both of our yes. podcasts. But yeah. I'm curious. I don't think I've asked you this question. I have a question for you too. Oh. For my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we'll both do it. Okay. So what's your, do you have a daily self-love practice? that you just give back to yourself and nurture yourself. And if there was one superpower you had that you bring to the world, what do you think it is? Mm, I love those so questions. actually two questions. Yeah, two questions. I love them. So daily self-love. Absolutely. Every single day. So it, it happens in many forms. Number one, mm -hmm. first thing I do in, uh, on my nightstand, I have a pad and I'll write down gratitude. And that's a form of self-love, but grateful about things about myself, like my mm -hmm. health, my healthy brain. Right. Uh, my healthy vision, like I have good vision, so I'll, I'll acknowledge the things that I love about myself and my health. And then when I'm walking my dog every morning, getting morning sunlight, not red light, but right. sunlight, uh, I do affirmations. I love myself, I'm healthy, mm -hmm. I'm healing, and I do it for about 20 minutes throughout the whole walk. And it's funny because I walk with my fiance, but we don't talk to each other. We're mm -hmm. both doing these affirmations oh, together cool. in our heads and walking that. the dog. Sometimes she'll start a conversation, I'm like, I'm doing my affirmations. Yeah, stop talking to me. Yeah, stop talking yeah. to me. Go back to your affirmations. So, um, and then I have it sprinkled throughout the day where, you know, I'll take some breaks and go to my rooftop, watch the sunset, relax yeah. and, you know, read books. So that's my variation of self-love. And then the second question was superpower, right? Yeah, superpower. It would be the ability to absorb information and um, how do I want to word this? The ability to get through like books rapidly and really comprehend and absorb the information mm. so I could apply it quicker. 
Oh, you are, that is definitely a superpower. I've seen you do that. Oh, thank yeah. you. So, no, no, the way you soak up information, then turn around and you're able to say it in a very simple way. Thank you, Mindy. Is impressive. So I, I want that like times yeah. 100. <laughs> right, amazing. Yeah. amazing. I want to ask you the same questions. Okay, great. Same too, and then I have a, another final question for you. So okay. self-love and superpower. Oh, well, so my self-love, I've totally changed my whole morning practice now. I actually get up and I spend two hours doing a variety of things. I have my hyperbaric oxygen. I get in. Um, I do breath work now. I have a really cool app I've been using called Othership. Yeah, I've interviewed him. Robert, oh, yeah. amazing. Love that Great. app. So I do that. Um, I spend 20 minutes thinking of all the things that I'm grateful for. And then I have a, a, a posse of people that are like my, my you know, my people that lift me up. And oxytocin like, posse. Yeah, my oxytocin <laughs> posse. Yeah. And so I box them in the morning. I, I, we send messages back and forth. I love and it. it's just it's just beautiful. So that's how I start my day very slow and intentional and giving back to myself. Um, you know, I think I think my superpower is very much like yours. Um, I think I had a learning disability as a child. Um, I couldn't take in information the way that I wanted to. I felt like the dumbest person in the class. And so I, I realized that I came up with some strategies to be able to pull information in and remember it and then be able to make it simple as it's coming out. Mm. So like I hear people with Fast Like a Girl tell me, oh my God, it's so easy to read. And I when I interpret that as your learning disability that you've had your whole life is now actually turning into a superpower. Mm. And that's something that took me to 53 to, to really acknowledge. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing. You do a really good job at that. Yeah, thank Storytelling, you. analogies, breaking down the science because it's it could be so complicated for people. So yeah. you... You cut through all that for people. Yeah, you do a really you. great job at that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate well, it. Last question okay. is about vitamin G. Mm -hmm. So my audience knows the vitamin G is all about gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> what are you grateful for right now, Mindy? What's your vitamin G? Okay, well, in, in today, in this, right now, well, so yeah, the first thing I would tell you is we have a whole new lifestyle that my husband and I are living. Um, you know, we're empty nesters. We're you know, I don't have the clinic anymore and we're traveling all over the world doing things like here we are, you know, in Austin having working technically yeah, or yeah, working. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this life. I'm I love this. Like I have moments where I'm like, I you couldn't have told me five years ago that life could be this good. Mm. I did. I had it's no beautiful. idea it could be this good <laughs> when I was dreaming. I did not know this moment would be as sweet as it is. And, and that I'm just truly grateful for that. That's amazing. And it's yeah. so well-deserved and it's just thank the you. beginning. You yeah, know, it really you. is the best it's coming. Uh, yeah. This is, I always say hundred percent left to go. It's like yeah, day one, today's day one. And I uh, it's been beautiful to watch you grow and yeah, shine. Thank and you. You, you, too. you inspire me all the time, yeah. Mindy. Thank I, you. I love it. So for those uh, listening on my podcast, the Keto Camp Podcast, go subscribe to the Resetter Podcast. She's got an amazing podcast. I listen to it all the time. And your YouTube channel, which is Dr. Mindy Pals. And yes. you also have a Resetter podcast on YouTube as well. So we'll put all that down below. So everybody go check out Mindy. Amazing. Our audience loves Mindy. Yeah, thank you. And vice versa. I When I was doing my book signing yesterday, so many people came up and they're like, I'm a keto camper. I'm a keto camper. So I do think we are, our information is very synergistic. So go follow a Keto Camp podcast as well. And as always, Ben, I'm so grateful for you. So grateful for you. Vitamin I, G, Mindy. I, vitamin <laughs> G, I love. And I love just doing this whole experience with you. So thank we'll you do it again. for the amazing spirit that you are. Thank you, Mindy. Uh -huh. All right. That's a wrap. <laughs> that was great. So easy, Mindy. Okay. Look at that. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. 
If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.